Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash usingyourpower. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For this episode, we would like to recommend The Alchemist, a fable about following your dream by Paolo Coelho. Welcome to Using Your Power. I'm David Anjouib, and joining me is... Maveen Cora. Hey, Maveen Cora, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing very good, David. How are you? Great, First thanks. time I think I've ever heard you use my full name. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm powered up, man. Looking, are you? Excellent. Looking forward to this conversation, yeah. Excellent. So, uh, what's your day been like? You know, I've been working on a song. I've been working on a presentation that, I, that I'm that i going to be sharing on Sunday at, at The Question been working on a few posts for for some other clients and and things that I'm doing so yeah it's been a, a fairly productive day nicely done and and maybe we can uh hear this song of yours uh potentially you know our listeners can have a, an opportunity to maybe get a little sample someday when you're done sure yeah we could maybe link it up or send it out via email yeah i think that'd be kind of neat that'd be cool definitely you know i've been working on trying to work on one single per year now i might be playing a bit of catch up like i'm kind of thinking about releasing three different versions of the same song potentially so maybe it'll work out that way i'm not sure yet what is that like an ep remix album you're yeah, putting together almost. here I, I i just i see so much potential and and people repurposing their material in the music industry i think this is one of the things that independent artists don't do that a lot of professional musicians do which is they repurpose their music so they'll release live versions acoustic versions they'll do a commentary of it they'll, re- they'll release an instrumental version a karaoke version and i see a lot of potential in that like that creates more of a presence for what you're doing you know in this case it would be a slight probably reimagining of the same song so like an acoustic version an edm version and a rock version they might be the same song but very different also that's right. that's the vision at least Right on. So almost getting kind of getting to that like DJing kind of field for yourself too, while you're making different uh, instrumentals for, for, or I guess beats for the different uh, songs as well. Well, I'm certainly not spinning records or anything, but you know, <laughs> I have the ability to compose so I can still, or I can pull in some of the other programs that are out there. There's a lot of great uh, low cost or free DAWs, digital audio workstations that are available. And I can produce on, on those just as much as I can on my, on my regular uh, set up, which is traction. So, you know, a uh, lot of, there's a lot of uh, great software that makes it really easy to produce uh, electronic beats these days. Awesome, man. So I like what you kind of said, because uh, what you've just been talking about is the exact opposite of what we're going to talk about it, it today. It kind of is. Yeah. You, you've been talking about, you know, wealth creating activities. Uh, one of the things that I know we're going to talk about today, I think we got about 10 good points on this, and we're going to talk about minimum wage activity. So the exact opposite of what you thought uh, we're talking about. So it's kind of a nice little uh, segue into <laughs> yeah. uh, what we were going to talk about, which is kind of neat. We didn't even plan for it. So, so why are we talking about this, though? Well, the idea was, you know, I know we've been pretty deep into some heavy topics lately and yeah. we want to really kind of get into the, uh, you know, the entrepreneurship a little bit more talks, a little bit more into those business talks and really help our listeners focus on uh, things that are going to make them more productive and make them more business minded and ah. kind of get them to the results. You know, uh, we don't want to always have our uh, listeners trying to think in, you know, d- 
spiritual deepness we really want them to also uh see some impacts in their business life and personal life and you know and let us know what's what's going on what they're able to do so even with some of the you know some of our other talks we did was when we talked about you know different activities to create one hundred dollars of income this kind of uh kind of lines up with that right in a in a way if you think about it we want to just give uh, our listeners a different way to think and, and change maybe what they don't like that's uh, not necessarily getting them to their goals and results that they're looking for. So I guess, you know, really talking about uh, minimum wage activities and, and, and how we continue to do things that we're comfortable doing and how we can maybe change that thought process. So in a way, it's actually not like the complete opposite of wealth creation because entrepreneurs listening to this episode could potentially identify things they're doing that they should stop doing or start delegating. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true too. That's a good way of looking at it. I never uh, <laughs> thought about that, but you're right. Well, the way you described it, that's exactly what I thought of. I was like, huh, it could work that way too. So, but yeah, I guess using your power within, you know, the realm of minimum wage activities as well. What would that, what would that look like? So I think that's another important consideration that we're going to explore. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and I love what you said there. It, you know, and you make me think about different ways, even things that I'm saying, I may not always consider the other side. So, you know, that was one of the things that we, when we put the show together was really to push the envelope for each other as well as our listeners and have them, you know, see things differently than they already see and just help them vision things that could be better for them. And this is the kind of idea, right? Maybe getting people away from doing the things that aren't creating the income and start focusing on things that do create income for them. Absolutely. So where are we going to start off with this one? Well, you go first. That's not a problem with me. Sure. Well, I was going to touch on pretty much activities that anyone can do. I think that's one way of defining minimum wage activities. So in other words, you know, anybody could probably shuffle papers and put them into a file folder pretty easily. Just about anybody could learn to use uh, WordPress and, and figure out how to schedule a post. That one might be a little more involved, but still very, very straightforward. Anybody can be a, a janitor if they've got their limbs and uh, mobility that, you know, you could clean up a place. There's a lot of things like that where, Pretty much, pretty much anyone can do them, and that's why they're minimum wage jobs. If you really think about it, like the easier it is to do, the less you're going to be paid for it. The more difficult it is, generally, the more you'll be paid for it. So that's one way of thinking about the minimum wage activities. Right, and and you know, you're right. You know, uh, typically when you're more a consultant in an industry, you'll make more money as well, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you're the business owner, you'll make more money than the employee as well. So, uh, I mean, those services that you talked about, for example, being a janitor, we need janitors. We need people yes. who are willing to go ahead and... Uh, do these activities that a lot of other people are not willing to do uh, because we do need a clean environment at work to work in and, and be productive in, right? Because who wants to work in a, in a messy environment uh, being your desk or being your office? Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, you're right. I think a lot of jobs in, in society are really important and, you know, definitely we shouldn't take away their, we're not trying to, you know, under undermine their importance, but you know, if it's something that anybody can do, that means that you are you are replaceable. It kind of connects with with my next point too. You know, jobs where you can be easily replaced—that's generally a, a minimum wage activity as well. So, you know, if you step out of line, there's really a, a better chance that you're going to be fired, not less of a chance that you're going to be fired because there's fewer consequences for the employee 
or sorry, the employer. So if, if you're an employee of a company and you're being paid minimum wage, that's something to think about. You step out of line. Well, there's no reason for them to keep you around because they can probably find someone to replace you pretty easily. Right. And, you know, just kind of uh, working on your point here, because one of my points is uh, working a job as well. Mm. Uh, you know, I, 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 and the way I'm going to say this is a little bit different. I think there's two things that we can look at. I think working, if you're working a job, there's nothing wrong with it. If you own a business, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. Now, just looking at just the idea of working a job, some people, I'm saying that is a minimum wage activity and I'm going to change what I say with one word. Uh, and it's working at a job with a purpose. Now that takes away from that minimum wage True. activity thinking. Now you have a purpose on why you're going to work and you're learning something new. Maybe you're networking and it's just having a slight change in the way you think to, to increase the activity, increase the, the, you know, maybe what you're able to accomplish at work. So just in that small way of thinking, you can go to work just to be at your nine to five and go home and be content, or you can have a reason or a purpose. Kind of like what you were saying on our last episode as well. Uh, if you have a purpose, you're going to do those things and do them to the best of your abilities. Seth Godin has that book, Lynchpin. You know, it, it sounds like such an esoteric thing, or if I've heard podcasts where people are like, I've never heard that before. But like, everybody's heard that phrase, you're the linchpin of the operation, right? I don't think too many people haven't heard of that. It's, it's basically saying you're essential. You know, without you, that thing would not go forward. That plan would not be carried out. That goal could not be accomplished. So that's what that's what that means. So I think what you're talking about, Maveen, like you're not going to instantaneously become essential to the company overnight just by doing one little thing. But one little thing compounded over time, year after year, will make you that kind of person that's more valuable. And now you will have more say. So, you know, if if before I was talking about people that could be easily replaced, you know, you're going to become a person that's less easily replaced because you think your own thoughts, you have your own opinion, you're, you're bringing value to the company in the ways that others are not. You're right. And as I wrote down my word, you actually just said, you know, you said your own thoughts. And what I wrote down right now was the word mindset. You know, you're right. It's hmm. going to take a while to develop that mindset to be the best employee that you can be at your job, right? And and it's going to take time to develop that, but with a purpose behind it and not just saying, hey, I'm going to my nine to five. I'm content. I'm happy with what I'm doing. Once you develop that purpose, you develop the mindset to be the best employee that you can be and give back to the company, that's giving you a chance and who's paying you these hundreds and thousands of dollars a year potentially to be the best employee. So, you know, having a different frame of mind, having a reason to go in daily, not just for money. Uh, obviously, it's very nice to have that paycheck at the end of every two weeks or at end of every month, depending on your pay structure. But when you go in with a purpose, you really want to make what you do you know, valuable for others around you as well, make yourself valuable to the company. And if your company does let you go because you had a purpose, it's very easy for you to find another job or create another job for yourself, especially in this kind of environment where right now a lot of people say we're in a recession. And this is when you find people going and working for themselves. You know, more people are out there inclined to, you know, develop their own businesses right now because they see the purpose within themselves. 
That's one of the things that that can happen as you become a linchpin is you might be let go of because your thinking is too different or you're being a little too revolutionary, at least more so than management or the executive level people are comfortable for. So, you know, that's one of the reasons that that could also happen. You might, you might you know, begin looking for a job, but it's also entirely possible that you'll need to look for a job because you're going to be let go of for being essential. It's a weird, it's a really weird uh, paradox in a way. Right. And you know, it's interesting. I actually had never heard the term linchpin actually mm. until well, I heard uh, Seth Godin use that uh, concept and that term and to kind of explain, you know, to uh, the, I guess his listeners and his followers kind of what that meant uh, to him and how that, you know, what that meant to them as well, right? Because he's not just writing for himself. He's writing to to have his his readers and his readership really understand the concepts that he he's explored and learned as well, right? So, uh, you know, I, I think the idea of being a linchpin and understanding that you're a valuable uh, and important aspect of the business and part of the business. And, you know, a lot of times I know people say, you know, and I've said this before too, and it's maybe it's a really negative thinking that, oh, I can be replaced. My job is replaceable. If you treat your job as just a job, you're right your job is replaceable anybody can do your job we know that there's a thousand people out there that can be the janitor but like michelangelo said if you're going to you know sweep the streets then sweep the streets with passion and if you're going to paint then paint with passion with a purpose now here's something that's really interesting entrepreneurship especially early on can be a minimum wage activity in fact it can be less than minimum wage. This is why I don't advocate everybody go into it. I think that's what people think when I say there's so many alternative ways to make money, you can figure it out. I'm not saying get into business. I'm not saying start a business because business is long term. Uh, I took a big risk in like 2014, where I had probably no more than five, six, seven hundred dollars coming in per month. And I could have chosen at that point to take a job. Instead, I decided to take a risk and a chance on myself and continue to build my, my business. So throughout that year might have been a tough time, but it paid off long term. So it was worth doing. But I think that's the same experience many people will have is it'll be a minimum wage activity or perhaps even less when you're first getting your business set up because the opportunities are not just going to come overnight and instantaneously. Yeah, you said it very well. I, you know, I fully agree with you on that. Uh, you have to look at what you can do versus what you want to do or what you're going to do, right? So uh, you're right. When any, Anytime you're setting up a business for yourself, especially as an entrepreneur, you really have to look at where you are. Maybe even consider the fact maybe you can set up a, a on-the-side business and have your full-time job or maybe have a part-time job and set up your business on the side, right? I know for years now, that's kind of what I've done. I've always had a full-time job. But in or, order for me to understand where I wanted to go uh, with my business and business ideas, I to took that time while I was at work to continue to learn and study and develop business plans, business ideas and concepts that I needed to learn. I went and studied those concepts while I was still at work getting paid for the, you know, a great job that I was doing for my employer. But, you know, if it was during any slow time, I wouldn't, you know, slack off. I'd actually go online quickly and start reading different articles that could help me uh, be a better employee as well as a better mm -hmm. entrepreneur in the future as well. And obviously that's, that's helped you a lot. And it's also great that, you know, you, you explore different resources than I explore. Like we do have a meeting spot as far as, you know, we, you and I have both listened to Pat, Pat Flynn, for example. So there are podcasts like that where we've both listened to them, but you've listened to some stuff I haven't. And I've listened to some stuff you haven't, which is part of what makes our conversations so interesting too, is the, the difference in the input. 
You know, absolutely, right? And and that's kind of the thing that we bring that's uh, going to uh, expand our minds as well, right? So that's where we get away from that minimum wage thinking even, not just having activities, but we get away from that thinking because, you know, I can bring different experiences and different thought processes to the table and then you do the same thing through your learning and your and your uh, experiences as well, right? And those are kind of the things that we, we bring. We have these conversations and they're very open and sometimes they can get <laughs> heated and sometimes they don't get heated, right? But in yeah. the and we we sometimes say, hey, you know what, you're right. Or, you know, I never thought of it that way. Because one of the things that we, as we started this conversation, that's exactly what happened. You know, I had said one thing, you agreed with it. And then you said, well, you just kind of proved my point. You just kind of already said what I just said. So, you know, and I said, you know what, you're right. So that allowed me to say, hey, you know what, I grew from that experience, right? But allow, I allowed myself to not be stuck in my own thought process always. And I said, you know what, if he's, you know, if David's saying something, I'm going to listen to what he's saying. I'm going to see if it really makes sense. And if it does, I'm going to, you know, grow from that, and which I'm just did. Definitely. And another way of, I think, very easily identifying like a minimum wage job, or at least in in and around minimum wage is jobs with with a high turnover. Generally, if people are coming and going, it's because they can be replaced and that the company is not going to suffer in a huge way for replacing those people. Or, you know, the executive leaders are just kind of dumb and they don't know what they're doing. (laughs) They fire people left, right and center without knowing the actual cost of that because turnover can be a very expensive thing in in many businesses trying to replace and train and and get people back in like all the onboarding process can be very costly but a very easy way generally to find a minimum wage job is to to find one where people are coming and going in and out of the job and and the boss doesn't really look uh doesn't you know have think that there's any major consequences to that happening i was in a job like that i was at a, a laptop outlet retailer and I was in I was in sales, but I mean there was no incentive really for me uh, selling anything or doing anything because uh, my paycheck was pretty much going to be exactly the same. Only difference was how much time I spent at the store. So that's kind of a you know having been there, it's kind of a sad state of affairs. At least for me, you know, maybe for for others. It, it could be a stopgap for for income. You know, if you don't have income coming in, it's it's really not uh, a bad thing to quote unquote sell out to to a minimum wage job for for a time or a season if you really need that income to survive and to live. Uh, but yeah, it it wasn't a pleasant experience for me. I was just like, well, I can't spend forever here, and plus I get paid more over here. So why am I spending so much time here? Right. And, you know, I'm going to maybe challenge your thinking as well. And maybe some of our sure. listeners thinking as well. So if you consider the idea, even if you made $100,000 a year, that can be considered to certain people as a minimum wage job or minimum wage activity that they're doing. You know, and, and for example, in sales, we have we hear that there's an opportunity to make as much money as you want to, right? So there's two types of sales. You can do salary sales or you can be a commission sales agent, right? And I'm just going to give you an example of myself. And, and when I chose to work in the uh, home industry um, here in Calgary, uh, I had a choice to go salary or go commission. And I really weighed my options and I chose commissions. And the reason for that was because I had to, you know, if I had chosen a salary, I was going to choose comfort and I would have had one foot in the business and one foot out the door. But once I picked commissions, all of it was up to me. So if I wanted to make $100,000 and earn it and work for it, I had to be given that because I wasn't going to be given it as an employee that was going to just 
sit at a desk because they really wanted sales, right? But in order for me to make that kind of income, I had to pick an, an option that allowed it for me, right? So if you're a, for example, a sales agent making a hundred thousand and being comfortable making a hundred thousand, you have really no reason to grow past it and versus for example another sales agent that does just as good as you do in a commission-based sales but now can make two to three times as much as you because they see the value of their hard work so they may actually work harder uh and get you know better results and make more money and be able to do more stuff with that money as well so just a little different way of thinking not just thinking you know minimum wage jobs but even minimum wage thinking even at higher levels of income as well yeah, I don't I don't think anything that I said is necessarily in, in direct conflict with that. But the the important point that you raise there is perhaps just that people perceive minimum wage as different things. So even though yeah, we have a government perhaps regulated minimum wage, I don't know what it is in Canada anymore, ten dollars, eleven dollars. I think they're trying to get it up to fifteen dollars, or at least the NDP is, but Yeah, you're right. I think maybe whatever is in your mind, whatever number that's in your head or you believe you're worthy of is what's minimum wage for a lot of people because a lot of people have trouble moving past that. Right. No, you're right. Um, Any other, I guess, uh, thoughts on what uh, what we're talking about right now before we switch topics? Well, one one other thing about like turnover, you know, it's not always a minimum wage. It could also be a job that people just really don't like doing all that much, whether it's like cleaning up puke or, you know, something to do uh, with, with, with septic tanks and that stuff like that, <laughs> you know, might not be a very pleasant job. That might also be, you know, why there's a high turnover, but it could actually pay more in some cases. Well, true. And, you know, and you make me think about uh, people who work on farms as well, right? I mean, there's a lot of jobs on farms that a lot of people don't want to do, such as mm-hmm. putting your hands in places that you have to put them inside animals but these are things that need to be done and that people are are willing to do and some people might say well I'd never do that you know you could you couldn't pay me enough money but that's just all in thought process right so I think uh, minimum wage activities can be you know a thought process problem not just a, a doing the work type problem as well so just kind of a, a different way of thinking and looking at it as well and having done so much behind the scenes work too like I think it's so it, it's needed and it's valuable, but it's not always acknowledged. You know, I've often found with, with some of the projects I'm doing, it's really the people's faces on that have their faces on the poster. Those are the people that first hear about the thanks for putting on the event and so on and so forth. But, you know, I, me, myself, I might've helped put out chairs. I might've helped set up. I might've, you know, done a lot of the work to, to make people feel comfortable once they arrive. So that work is no less valid just because it's not acknowledged. Very well said. No, no, great point. Uh, so one of the things I wanted to bring up was maybe some examples as well. That uh, That's kind of the way I took this topic and really thought of examples where we can get our listeners to say, you know, if you're the type of person right now that that's excelling and wants to just listen to this information so you can continue to excel, hey, absolutely. Uh, I want to use some of my examples to speak to the people that said, hey, you know what, I'm not where I want to be right now, but I want to learn how I can get there. Uh, so that's kind of a little bit of how I approach this. Uh, topic as well. So one of the things I thought of was, uh, you know, instead of watching TV three to six hours a day after work, maybe investing uh, time in a for example, reading a book or listening to an audio CD that can, you know, that's in your business field or your part of your sector, uh, you know, listening to the business news, which is not a bad thing, especially if you're in business, but maybe focusing on the right kind of uh, information to help you move forward, right? So, uh, 
watching TV, I thought was, you know, for three to six hours a day is a minimum wage activity where watching TV or listening to audio or reading books that can impact your career uh, is not a minimum wage activity. Well, and that's just like when I was working at that laptop outlet, I, I was still studying computers. There was no really incentive in that, but I figured I would grow myself. So I was like, okay, well, I'm basically in sales and in laptops. So let's learn about technology and sales. And then I can kind of continue to better myself as, as uh, you know, I'm working in that, in that job. So again, no added extra incentives for doing that, but I felt it was something I could do myself to grow. And also I already had a pretty solid base of understanding of technology. Right. And, and, and I like that because you, you went out there and said, you know, I'm going to continue to learn something that's going to make me better in my field. I'm at work. Yeah. Why not learn? You know, uh, and learning doesn't necessarily mean reading. It, it also means maybe connecting to people from your field, right? And, and maybe going out for a coffee with somebody that's uh, successful in what you want to do and become, right? So taking out a buddy of yours and say, hey, man, you know, I, I know you're really good at sales. Uh, can you teach me? I want to ask you some questions and, and make myself better in that as well. Or, you know, if you want to be the best employee, like we were talking about before, mm-hmm. right? And just work with a purpose, maybe find somebody at work who has a purpose and find ways to, you know, you don't want to be that person, but find ways to be your own unique person, but using some of the principles that they use in their life and day-to-day activity. And the boss certainly wasn't going to take any extra steps to train us or send us to a conference or events or anything like that in this case. And and I guess that's probably true in a lot of jobs, but certainly in this one. So, you know, it was, it was either take, take, you know, matters into my own hand or not grow at all. Right. And uh, it's funny, <laughs> I, I can hear the dogs upstairs right now. Yeah, so maybe uh, you can hear it too. Yeah. So we'll see if the, if it makes the, makes the outtakes here or the intakes. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, now, the nice thing too is the other thing I was thinking about was um, one of the things I notice a lot of people do that's minimum wage thinking or minimum wage activities is going out and buying products and services because they want to have it versus buying products and services they need to have. What are your thoughts? Mm. You know, uh, true, because a lot of things can sort of be lumped in as as a luxury category. I don't necessarily think of things that way. I I like long-term thinking when it comes to that kind of stuff, but certainly in in teaching guitar, well, you might have uh, less students or less clients while uh, the economy is kind of in a downturn because people consider this a, a luxury rather than than a necessity, or at least some people do. Maybe like going to the spa or getting a massage or sometimes maybe even getting a haircut would all be considered luxuries in, in times when things are difficult. At the same In the same breath, there's a lot of people that will still go out and get their Starbucks every single day, despite uh, not saying that's good or bad. Uh, I, uh, Starbucks is a, is a company that... that their vision statement says we foster the human spirit or inspire the human spirit. So, you know, there's, there's something for that. Maybe you do feel good every time you walk into Starbucks and it just helps you get through your day, whatever that day looks like. And you're having a really tough day, but you know, we have to think smartly about uh, money when, when it comes to essentials and non-essential services, what is essential is I think investing in yourself is essential. That's one of the most essential things. So, so books, CDs, uh, you know, you might look upon those as being luxury, but really it might be the thing that uh, takes your career life, what relationships to the next level. Right. And, and I think uh, one of the things that I always think about wants versus needs uh, is when people want to take a trip, 
versus do they need to take a trip, right? I mean, yes. I think we all want to go on a vacation. We all want to get away from work. We all want to get away from our, the people we work with sometimes. And we probably should take off more days than we typically are in North America. Absolutely. You know, you go to places like Europe. I think I was talking to a gentleman in England. He said they automatically get three weeks or a month. And I was like, what are yeah. you talking about? I only get two weeks. And he was just dumbfounded. Couldn't believe that, you know, in, in Calgary or in Canada, North America, we only get two weeks off. And those two weeks might be contingent on a ton of factors. Absolutely. One being putting in the time to earn those two weeks uh, versus getting two weeks off, you know, right off the bat, right? Yeah. Uh, more and more companies, I think, are doing that where you have to earn the two weeks, which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that because a lot of people taking advantage of just going to work, taking two weeks off and then quitting their jobs too, right? <laughs> and then never having to pay anything back. Uh, but, you know, I look at the wants versus needs and I look at, again, like I said, was travel is uh, we want to travel to Hawaii. I think everybody would love to travel to Hawaii or warm destinations. But if, if it's something we need to do is about like getting away from work, you know, maybe taking a look in closer to our own backyard and, you know, maybe driving uh, 300 kilometers or a couple hundred kilometers to the next close city or or spa destination you know us being in Calgary we, we have the ability to go to places like Banff uh, you know it's only about an hour maybe an hour and 20 minute drive from us but we can be in a completely different environment and experience different things and really find ways to relax we don't all have to go to Hawaii I think we all want to go to Hawaii mm -hmm. but what we really need is a getaway so it's maybe you know looking at and weighing the options of you know what how much money do I have where can I go and not overextending yourself i know a lot of people are willing to overextend themselves saying oh i'll pay it back you know i'll put on my credit card i'll be able to pay it back in a couple months not really looking at the consequences of what happens when you put stuff on your credit card and you start you know getting an 18.9 percent interest rate uh you know that you got to pay for that trip right uh so that's where i think a lot of that minimum wage activity or minimum wage thinking comes in saying oh i can pay it later versus hey you know what i only have so much money right now i'm going to go somewhere i can afford or to go, not somewhere where I really want to go today. There's a significant difference between recreation and escape. A lot of people are looking for that escape, and I think that's exactly what you're talking about there. It, you know, they're getting away from their jobs. They don't want to be there. That might be a whole other problem entirely. A mismatch in the work that you're doing and the work that you would really like to be doing doesn't mean that you aren't meant to work in a job or have a job. Doesn't mean you're meant to automatically become a freelancer or an entrepreneur or start at your own business. But it might mean that, you know, it's not the best fit, maybe culturally, in terms of the people, maybe in terms of the work that you're doing. Or there could be other factors that that just make you go like, well, I need something else. This is too, too routine, too rote, too many of the same things over and over and over again. A lot of job roles are like that. And maybe it's time for, for something a, a little bit different. So if you're, I think we all feel like we need that escape every once in a while, but yeah, if, if, if that's what you're feeling, then maybe examine and go a little bit deeper into what those reasons are versus recreation, which they obviously look upon in Europe as being essential to someone's uh, longevity in a job. They'd rather keep the people that are in their jobs. They're good workers. So, you know, taking a few weeks off to go to the beach, you know, get some sun and, and start to feel better so they can perform better at their jobs while they're at their jobs is, is something they look at. So investing in self. And I think it's just like I said, it's a high priority activity, investing in self, whether it's rest or working out or studying. 
Right. And I think, you know, it is about investing in yourself and just finding ways to invest better in yourself too, right? I mean, we'd all love to go to warm countries, but sometimes, you know, like I said, getting away uh, to a small you know, resort that's maybe an hour away versus five, six hour flight away. Sure. It, you know, it's still investing in yourself. It's still investing in your mindset. It's still investing in relaxation. Uh, there's different ways to do it, right? And again, sometimes it is nicer to go places like Hawaii or Dominican Republic or, you know, flying somewhere south to Florida or whatnot, uh, you know, being in that sun and what, uh, being in the sun and shopping and getting into Disneyland or Disney World and, you know, and being a kid again. And there's a place for that. And sometimes we really do need that, but it has to be in my opinion the right timing for yourself uh and the right um you know the, the finances have to make sense for me you know i, I, I used to work so at too. a bank for six years and i've seen people overextend themselves and, and do the things they want to do versus the things they need to you know they need to do uh so i think there's something really to be thought of and i, I do want to get your opinion on this this is going just a little bit deeper into the hole a little bit what do you think about people uh taking trips on points or people collecting points to to take trips to go certain places i know you know we have credit cards these days or air miles here in Canada. I'm not sure if they're in the US or not. Uh, you know, but we have air miles here where you can go shopping and you can buy stuff and you collect points and then travel on those points. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, you know, if, if it's something that you can do pretty automatically and by default, you know, by all means, collect those points. Certainly don't overextend yourself on a credit card or something like that just so you can get all those points. I don't really believe in that. And it, I, I believe in having as little debt as possible. Doesn't mean you won't have some debt, but little is, is better for sure. Especially if you're in your business, you're probably going to have some debt. That's just the way things work at times. Uh, so, so, you know, there's, there's that consideration. What was the question again? Well, you know, just looking at uh, different cards that we have, like you know, oh, yes. air miles and credit card points, what are your thoughts on people taking trips on that? And maybe what kind of uh, trips should people take on those based on the points they have? I know there's options, for example, you know, you can use some points and use a lot more cash. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that if you have any experience yeah. in that? So, you know, sometimes claiming those points can be very difficult. So you go to all this trouble to collect them over months and years and, uh, you know, present your air miles card or whatever it is every single time you're you're at the grocery store and then sometimes they make it very difficult for you to actually use them and claim them but you know sometimes you might just have to fight through that and 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 force them <laughs> force their hand a bit to 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 let the, let them use those points uh, on your travels obviously if you can save on travel that's also a good thing i, I do believe in that and uh, you know if you can do an all-inclusive trip or whatever and, and make it uh, more affordable for you without overextending yourself uh, you know that's another great thing. I, I agree with. I think it's Dave Ramsey. His his statement was more or less that you know points have never made anybody wealthy, and I, you know, I couldn't agree more. You, you know, know. that's kind of where I wanted to ask you. That's actually my next follow up question to what you're saying, David. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I've ever heard uh, a rich person or an entrepreneur say they've taken trips on credit card points, yeah. uh, you know, they've saved and shopped in certain places. I think they've just lived their life organically. So, I mean, some people would fight me on this point and fight you on this point saying, um, you know, collecting points and working with the system and maybe paying some money for uh, having a certain type of card is really a minimum wage thinking uh, to get what you want. What are your thoughts on that as well? 
so I've only heard like one contrary opinion in the entrepreneurial space. So I will kind of do my best to to present that. Basically, their point was, you know, by hacking, getting more points, because there are various ways of doing that, whether it's like consolidating your debt or moving your debt over to another credit card versus another one, or other ways of, of getting more points, you know, without violating the terms of service or anything like that. And you can get a lot of free stuff that way. Okay. I mean, I think that is a, that is a fair point. And maybe you could get more trips or maybe you could get uh, first class service or a little more food or maybe, I mean, people promote iPads for everything. Free iPads. Come and get our free iPads. <laughs> like I think if you spent enough, you know, a few weeks online just entering those contests, you could probably get yourself a free iPad pretty, pretty <laughs> easily. Maybe I'm wrong, like, but that was a thing for a while, right? It's not maybe less of a thing now. So, so I agree, you know, in general, uh, why waste so much time and effort and energy thinking about points when you could really just be thinking about what's my next product? Uh, you know, what's, what's the next service I could introduce that's going to bring in thousands of dollars versus a few points that's going to get me, you know, a couple of miles in the air. Right. And that's kind of why I wanted to ask you, right? Because I know there's two ways of thinking about it. There's, I mean, I've had cards where I do get points and I've had cards where I've used the points and taken, you know, trips on them and I've taken great trips on them. But I really just want to get your experience as an uh, independent mm -hmm. entrepreneur as well. And uh, someone who's been kind of working in, in, in a space where, you know, it's not necessarily the easiest space when especially working in music, but it's also finding ways to get ahead of the curve and still be able to do the things you want to do versus the things you need to do right all the time. So I just really want to get your opinion on it. And I know our listeners probably, you know, might be one way or the other, right? A lot of our listeners will have credit cards that have points on it and they collect them. And some people say, you know, I don't even care about the points. I don't want to pay an extra fee to collect these points. Cause again, a lot of times these are fee based cards as well right so spending money to attain something is that really the best way to get points right no. uh, typically i i would say no too because you're buying the points realistically or you're paying an interest or a premium to buy points to be able to take a trip as well right um, but there's two levels of thought on that as well by, by default, like I collect them, but you, you know, you go to somewhere like uh, shoppers drug mart, you know, cause it just doesn't take any extra effort, but you go to somewhere like shoppers drug mart and then, you know, what is this good for? I would ask them and they go, well, you get points. And I'm like, what, what are points good for? Well, you get stuff. I mean, what stuff, you know, it's so nonspecific that, you know, I could really, I could really care less. You know, there was one time I used my airplane miles to get a camera instead of going on a trip. Okay. So I got myself a crappy digital camera, even by those, <laughs> those days standards. So, you know, there's stuff you can get. And I think they'd almost rather you use it on stuff rather than, rather than on, on flights because flights are more expensive and, you know, stuff is, is, you know, that's where all the money is, is made because it's, you know, it, it doesn't really cost them anything to get it in probably, or they have partnerships with other companies that allow them to promote those specific products. So, you know, if you have points, maybe try using them on travel instead of stuff because you're, you're not really getting anything good usually. But no. you could maybe find the occasional thing you really need right now that uh, that could benefit you with points. 
Yeah, I love that point. You you do say a, a very good thing too, right? I know typically to take the travel miles, it's going to be an easier way uh, than buy a camera, right? For some reason, it costs you three times more points to get something that you know you can use like a camera than a taking a trip. So I mean, understanding how to use that points as well if you're going to use them yes, and buy absolutely. and you know and and have those points to use and want to use them, uh, then learn how to use those points properly as well, right? And make the right decisions with those points. Because again, making the right decisions comes to, uh, I think, either fu- doing things because you want them or because you need them, right? So, um, And to your point about like getting away to a retreat, that's like maybe an hour away. Like we live in Calgary. So literally we have like Canmore and Banff and Lake Louise within a few hours distance, maybe less than that. So, you know, those are all... We, we take them for granted, to be honest, living here, but, you know, they are great getaways and they are destinations for a lot of people. Well, absolutely. And, and you know, just kind of uh, just kind of a little off topic, but we do have, you know, lots and lots of people, lots of tourists that come to our the mm-hmm. Rocky Mountains and, and visit Calgary uh, and go to the mountains and, and, and enjoy what the the springs and the, and the hotels and the, the scenery has to to show them and, and all the different uh, memories that they create when they go there, right? So, I mean, it is a, an interesting fact that we do have in our backyard and not everybody does have what we have. But I mean, wherever our listeners are living right now, mm. uh, there are probably places like that within, you know, let's call it a three-hour radius of where you live, right? Unless you live somewhere totally remote, like a desert or something, uh, you may not have anything. But Australia? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe all of Australia, potentially. Let us know. I'd love to know what's there. And uh, Well, you got beaches everywhere, right? You know, there so. you go. So eventually, th- every three hours, uh, any direction three hours, I could probably get to a beach is what you're th- saying. Eh? Maybe, you know, ish. <laughs> <laughs> haven't lived there, so I don't know. But yeah. No, but but uh, if anybody wants to buy me a ticket, I'd love to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, we should go to super fast business, man. I think we should uh, definitely commit to doing that in, in the next year or two, and go and meet James and all all those cool guys that are out there and learn lots about about business. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, you know, I also wanted to talk about how little little thinking is involved in in minimum wage activities or jobs, and kind of the advantages and disadvantages of that. So when I was working at that laptop outlet retailer, it actually gave me a lot of time to think about my next moves as far as what, you know, what was I doing in terms of building a business? What was I doing in terms of building my my financial future? I just joined network marketing around the time. So already I was being prompted to think about a lot of these things and how I was going to make uh, a way forward for for myself. So that's one of the advantages. It, 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 there's so little thinking involved and it's so automatic after a point. Like I was only there six months and you know, the, after a month or two, it's like nothing new to do ever. You, you, you do a sale and you ring things up or, and if you have nothing to do, then you clean the store. And then the boss says, well, the store's clean. Forget about the cleaning the store. Come and have a look at this laptop and fix this laptop. I mean, there's literally never anything to do besides maybe one one or two things at most he just made it sound like there was three or four or five things to do <laughs> and and that was a, a minimum wage job so i i think it will afford you the ability to think about your future if you are in a minimum wage job and so that's not bad because you can earn a little bit of money while you're thinking critically about where you are and where you want to be 
Right. And and I like that idea of what you said. You know, I think a lot of people who are just in high school right now or going into college typically, not all the time, but have, you know, lower paying jobs while they're in school and can put in the hours to, you know, complete this, the education that they're looking to complete. So they need something that's not going to put a lot of stress on them. That's something that'll give them a little extra spending money in their back pocket, maybe pay for school that way as well. So sometimes they do take that minimum wage job up front so they can have a better position as soon as they graduate or if they're in the middle of, you know, working, uh, you know, starting their own business or whatever, and they just want to have something that's super easy, you know, not really, uh, a lot of thought process takes place. It's, you know, it's minimum thinking when they're at work. It's really not going to mentally tax them. Then they can go home and really work on their own business plan. So, I mean, those are great jobs to have if that's kind of where you are. Uh, but I mean, looking at minimum wage, wage jobs also is, um, is looking at the activities that you get to do at those jobs, right? I know one of the things that the reason I take, had taken, uh, jobs that, uh, required me to make a commission and work for my commission was so I never got complacent in what I was doing, right? Because I found that when I had jobs that were salary based and, you know, I hadn't, I haven't had a minimum, minimum wage job in, in, in years since I first started working, uh, around 16, 17 years old, right? Um, but since then I've always had had the idea to think, uh, you know, if I'm going to have a salary, what else can I learn at that job? Uh, because you're right, once you get to know your job, it really is super easy. Even working at a bank, it was really easy. People yeah. came in, they gave me money. People came in, they wanted money, right? It was always trying to find ways to maybe talk to them or, you know, I noticed if they had a lot, a lot, lots and lots of money in the bank account, try to find ways for them to invest or talk to one of our investors that we had at the banks or see what they were planning to do with the money. Um, uh, but I was always trying to keep my mind thinking in different ways uh, because that was the only way I was going to continue to learn, right? So, I mean, it's, it's also taking that time to figure out what your next steps are. I think you're 100% right. And that's what I did, right? I w- really wanted to learn how the banking system worked and how it could apply to me. So when I left the bank, you know, six years later, uh, how could I apply all that information I had learned into my own life? Yeah. And it really wasn't that bad. Like I was there again, six months. So like, I still had lots of energy left after leaving. I felt good because I'd be thinking about my future and envisioning my future, thinking positive thoughts, you know, making a plan for, for what was ahead. So like, it was a positive experience. What was negative about it was, was just the fact that it was so routine and it wasn't ever going to be the best use of my time, abilities, knowledge, and everything else. And another major, you know, disadvantage of how little thinking is involved is exactly what you said, Maveen, which is complacency. You could totally become complacent in the fact that there, you know, you don't have to think about your job. You could do with your brain tied behind your back. And <laughs> <laughs> your brain be tied behind your back. No, it cannot. <laughs> Not literally, it cannot. So, but if you find yourself in that, in that situation, you might just become fairly comfortable with that. And, and next thing you know, you know, you're not, you're not even thinking about your future. You're not making any plans. You're not thinking about your next job. And then you're fired from that job because <laughs> you're, you're, again, you're not thinking, you're not thinking about what the right move is next. So that would be a major disadvantage of not being, you know, so little thinking involved and in, involved in a job like that. Right. And, you know, just to give you the same kind of contrary to what I was saying about the bank, I've worked at jobs where, you know, I was an underwriter for uh, almost about a year and a half, I think. And, you know, I was able to complete my daily task 
uh, in about four hours, I could complete eight hours worth of work on a daily basis, right? So yes. it wasn't really a challenging job. So I'd always go to my manager and look for new uh, activities or new projects I can always take. And, you know, I, I was always trying to challenge myself and grow because I knew um, if I wanted to continue to grow in that field, I had to be able to get out of my comfort zone, ask for ask for more work, uh, look for ways to get better and better. And, and if I didn't, I could definitely sit at my desk for, you know, four hours a day and, you know, play video games on my phone, I guess. But really, what was that going to do for my future, right? And and that's kind of the thought process I had. And, you know, I know a lot of people right now that are listening to this show saying, you know what, uh, I go on to Facebook and there's nothing wrong with going on to Facebook and seeing what's going on. But if, again, if you're going on that social media more than one time or two times a day uh, at work, um, you're probably could be doing something else. You're just being a little complacent and not really wanting to do it. Maybe maybe you're just trying to spread out the work so it looks like you're busy, right? But I think uh, people who are... Um you know, entrepreneurial have a business kind of sense, even if they don't own that job, will continue to want to do a better job than they're already doing because they understand that, you know, if they get let go from this job, they're going to take all the things that they've learned and take it to their next position and even be able to get a better position when they go to a different company, um, you know, and not just get the same position, making the same kind of money, they can really learn and, and, and improve their you know, uh, status, I guess, in, in life, uh, if they were to move. So another thing I remember about my, my job over at the laptop computer place, I would sometimes be on, on the computer and my boss would, would sometimes catch me, but like, really there was nobody around. There was nothing to do a lot of the time, very few customers walking in. And the only way we'd sell anything was primarily on walk-ins or repairs, which was probably the main source of income for, for that business. He would, he would, you know, caution me and say, you know, don't do that. You're, you're don't play games. I was never once playing games on the computer. Can you think of what I was doing with uh, probably researching ways to get out of there. <laughs> yeah. I was like blogging. I was planning. I was thinking about my future. I was looking at websites. I was, you know, I just got entered the network marketing organization. I was researching what that was going to mean and what the product was like and thinking about how I could sell it and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, you know, there was not a moment spent on games. And even if there it was like, why would I want to play solitaire for the thousandth time? No. And, you know, one thing I do like that your boss said to you was your boss, you know, regardless of him knowing what you were or were not doing on the computer, I think his mindset was in the right place. Yeah. You know, he's giving you great advice. Hey, don't just sit on the computer and... And play games, you know, what I think your boss is really trying to say, maybe not in those words, was really trying to say, hey, you know what, if you need something to do, you want to learn more, come talk to me, I can teach you stuff that, you know, standing at the front counter will not teach you. Um, you know, I think the principles behind it were great, but he probably just didn't give you that kind of message. And nor did you, I think, at that time and where you were in, 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 in life, care about what your boss was able to teach you, because I think you'd already had started moving forward in thought process and wanting to do something bigger than working at uh, you know a computer uh, depot for you know for the rest of your life knowing him he definitely did not mean that and he would not have taught me anything okay yeah but no i, <laughs> I try to give him some credit i appreciate your your optimism yeah you know i try to see it half full uh, as much as i can <laughs> no that's great Let, let's leave it at that yeah he was really trying to teach me something and just he was trying to get me to come to him to ask questions yeah we'll, right. we'll go with that <laughs> 
too funny. So one of the things that I uh, also wrote down for now, this might be a little bit different again, depending on um, where you are as a business owner, or if you're an entrepreneur, uh, if you're, you know, if you're uh, how much money you have too. this example here is going to really depend on where you are uh, statically in life. If that's an actual word, uh, but where statically? you are, statically, so yes, that's where your word. status is in life. Oh, well, not to mean <laughs> <Then> that statically. <laughs> no, that means a different thing. Yeah, exactly. St- 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 status wise. Status wise. Yes. So one of the things I thought about was if, you know, if you're an employee of a company uh, versus if you are an owner of the company, you may do something a little different. So if you're an employee of a company, a minimum wage activity may be eating out every single day Sure. versus packing a lunch and taking that to work. You know, I know I've worked in many corporations and in many corporate world for the last probably about 10, 15 years. I definitely have seen it more and more. I think I was in the corporate world for almost 20 years altogether here from the age of 18. And I've seen many, many people come to work every single day and buy lunch, buy coffees, two or three a day. And I started, you know, mentally calculating how much money these, you mm. know, great people that I work with were spending. In. And I started noticing they're spending, you know, two, three dollars on one cup of coffee times that by two a day plus add, you know, the lunch that they were spending. And lunch is probably somewhere in that 12, 10 to $12 range a day. So I started doing calculations. They said, well, okay, let's give them a, a benefit of the doubt. They're spending about $15 a day on food. And some people, you know, about $20 a day. Uh, but somewhere in that range, and I multiply that by five days, and then I multiply that by four weeks in a month. And, and I noticed that these guys are spending two, three, four, five hundred $500 in some instances uh, a, a month. And then would complain, oh man, you know, I don't have enough money to go do these certain things and and you know I, I wish my the company would pay me more uh or whatever right and, and absolutely if you do the good job your company should pay you more but you should also be the steward of your own money and, and that's something i do believe and really make good yeah. decisions with your own money so you know even if they had uh implemented packing a lunch one day a week that one day a week times that by a month would save them 60 70 maybe 100 dollars. so just you know even small changes they would see huge impacts money definitely requires long-term thinking and i know i keep going back to the same example but yeah when i was working at that laptop retailer and i really have limited retail experience guys so (laughs) i don't work in stores but you know sometimes i would you know didn't really have much of a choice because i was often working i think it was like 10 to 2 or something like that so like they would open at 10 and i would typically wouldn't necessarily have a lot of time you know i'd have to go and prepare for teaching at, at night Uh, I had like five part-time jobs or something like that at the time. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily have a lot of time to think about lunch uh, between those times. If I gotten up earlier, maybe I, I think, and I think I did bring lunch on occasion, but not always. And so I would be going over to, you know, Quiznos to get myself a sandwich and I'd be thinking about, holy crap, like that's one hour's wage, you know, on minimum wage. Like that's insane, you know, and I'm I'm only earning, you know, four, four and a half hours, five hours worth of money at the store to begin with. So, you know, it's one fourth or one fifth of my day's income. That's crazy. Right. And now just looking at the opposite side of it, where let's say you're a manager, a CEO of a business or an entrepreneur who's very successful, you know, you say, you know what, I can write 
the, I can write my meals off. I can write a percentage of my meals off. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with me going out and eating out every day and meeting new people and networking. So there's a different way to look at it, right? And I think I do believe it comes in at where you are in life. And that's kind of what I was trying to say status wise, where you are in life. Uh, you know, and I put that in quotations, right? Because, uh, just because you're eating out every day doesn't mean you can afford to, even as a a business owner, a CEO, uh, an entrepreneur, it just sometimes is you're trying to keep up with the Joneses as well, right? Uh, I guess people know their pocketbooks better than other people know their pocketbooks. Uh, if you're making the right decisions based on why you're eating out every day or once a week or three times a week or whatever that is, uh, I know some people who eat out not just one meal a day, they eat all three or four meals a day out every single day. And, mm. and they think, you know, and they wonder why they can't afford to pay their rent at the end of the month or why their credit card bills are so high and they're getting just, you know, beat up on interest rates and whatnot. But it's in just the way they're thinking and maybe been programmed uh, to eat out a lot. I mean, a totally different conversation, but, you know, we, we bombarded by, you know, uh, commercials that say, hey, go try this new burger or try these new fries and, and try this new meal that we put together at our favorite restaurant. And, you know, we want to because, hey, we enjoy these places that we go to. And, you know, there's a new Frappuccino out that we want to go to Starbucks and try around Halloween all the time, right. you know, whatever it is, but we're being bombarded by the marketing and we, we fall for it. Right. And it's kind of really knowing those, those activities that we do are hindering our success uh, with the amount of money that we make. Right. That's exactly right. And I, yeah, I wouldn't go too crazy. Also, I, as much as I do believe in the power of networking and meeting people and building new connections, I don't think it's something you necessarily need to do all the time. You know, I, I've talked about letting people surprise you. Well, you know, the connections that I've built o- up over the years, I'm still consistently surprised by them and how they become clients and how they become supporters and investors and in who I am. So it's, it's really being the kind of person that's uh, reliable, trustworthy, the kind of person that's endorsable. And if you're the kind of person that has those principles and values and integrity as, as a person, I think you'll start to see it doesn't happen instantaneously, but over the years, if you continue to build up that credit with, with others, then you'll begin to see that they'll, they'll also trust you with new projects and, and different tasks that they, they would love to have you do and something that you love to do probably. Absolutely, right. And no, I love the way you put that together. So Awesome. Any other points? Yeah, I got my last one here. Um, so it's people who focus their attention in many different directions, I believe sometimes have minimum wage thinking versus people who focus their their uh, thoughts in one direction. So for example, if you're starting a business, focus on the main parts of your business. Don't focus on all the different aspects of your business. Because I know as entrepreneurs, we really want to sometimes get going. We want our business to take off, but we don't think about all the simple steps, you know, like the, like the, uh, the analogy uh, called KISS, K-I-S-S, keep it simple, Stupid. Right. So, or smarty or whatever yeah, you want to call it, right? Smarty's better. Yeah. So, but <laughs> we, we look at that and sometimes because we're, we're really excited, we really want to, you know, do everything. So we start doing this and we start doing that and we start calling this person and we, we call China and we want to get the product mm. and we call our shop and we want to, you know, start making connections and we start doing all the different things. We, we put our focus and all our energy all over the place instead of focusing on the goal. Okay. Our goal is to be successful. For example, let's say if it's to open up a, 
you know, a, a retail store, then take all the steps, but go slowly, go one step at a time and focus on being the best in each one of those steps, right? But I know I've done that too, where, you know, I get super excited sometimes and, you know, I want to get everything done at the same time. And right. I have to remind myself to slow down and, and just take one step at a time and I will eventually get to where I want to be, right? If it's worth taking the journey, then it's worth taking the journey and getting there in three days. It's also worth taking the journey then and getting there in five days. You know, I'm, it reminds me a bit of, and I think this was from Jeff Folson's book, The Slight Edge. He talks about, I think he wanted to build some kind of connection with a, with a German company. So him and his team made it a habit. It was just a habit that they can, they did all the time was ask every day with people that they knew, do you know a German that's that's what they did and eventually they were able to build up this to this business deal but it started there and it was just it's such a simple thought when you think about it like how could a multi-million dollar i, I don't remember the exact details but how could the deal like that come together just by asking a simple question to everybody you meet and everybody you know every single day well you'd be amazed that might be the starting point and and sometimes we just think too complicated about the things that that we need to do to move ourselves forward and sometimes it is a, it is a simple question that you can ask others Right. Wow. What a powerful question is. Again, we, we've talked about that too before, asking the right type of question based on the results you're looking for, right? Yeah. And obviously these people were looking to do business with a certain type of person or certain group. And of course, they didn't get overly complicated. They didn't start running in the, the through the phone book and looking for the perfect last names to start calling people. They just did what was natural to them as they were going through their day-to-day -day life. I think they just said, hey, do you know someone with this background? Hey, do you know someone that's German? Right. And they would then go ahead and find out. And people say, yeah, I do. Or no, I don't. And they would just keep asking as many people as possible until they could build their business to where they want to be. Also, the cool part was they're building their business based on people that they trusted as well. Maybe even if they were networking, you know, they're building that trust and able to, to find ways to ask these great questions and building the relationships and keeping them strong. So even when they were finding the people they were looking to do business with, uh, they can also keep their other, you know, relationships nice and strong as well. Also, I think this was probably before the internet. So that's one of the reasons why they would have gone about it the way they did. Maybe right. they would have <laughs> taken a different approach if, if the internet and email and all that kind of stuff was available, but maybe not. And like, I think there's so much value in that, in that lesson even today, because we have a tendency to not want to like connect with people directly or ask them, but you know, people are pretty fascinating when you give them a chance to be. And so sometimes taking a quote unquote old school approach might be the better way because now you've you built up these friendships and relationships and connections that you may not have otherwise. It depends on the project, obviously. And you know, we think so much about efficiency, but sometimes efficiency is taking that old school analog approach. No, you're right. And I know some of, the, some of the conversations we've had and a lot of conversations I've heard on different podcasts as well uh, is, you know, if, for example, social media, you know, uh, now that we're, we're in a social media age where we're, you know, we have so many different options from Snapchat to Instagram to Facebook to Twitter and, and all the other ones, right? It's, you know, we, we tend to have a, a focus for about a few seconds on each social media. None of us really spend the time to really understand how we can be great at the one or two social medias that that we choose to uh, 
do business in, right? So, but a lot of times right now we're bombarded with so many different ones and we want to be really good at all of them. So our attention is all over the place. We don't necessarily try, but if we actually focused a few minutes and, you know, I, I hear a lot of different stories. Some people say Facebook is better. Some people say Twitter is better. Uh, it really <laughs> depends on, I think, the industry you're in and, and where your uh, mar- group of people that you're looking to do business with are interacting. LinkedIn can be better. Uh, it really just depends on what type of business you have, but get good at where you are right? and focus on those little things and build from there you know as as soon as we start focusing in many different directions we'll never be able to focus in one direction right um it, it's just like uh you've probably heard this as well too david and, and maybe even our listeners can uh, um, understand this too so you you know we've all been to a circus or we've all seen a circus on tv or whatnot right and i think the most coolest one is when you see the 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 uh the lion trainer in in the middle of the cage with the lion and and you wonder how can somebody stand face to face head to head toe to toe with a lion and then you kind of see all the little things that the the trainer is doing but what is the first thing the trainer typically did in in these old school circus videos we'd watch is they'd grab a chair and there's four points on a chair and the lion can't really focus on any one of those four points, it keeps looking at all four points. And and the trainer, through trickery, and I'll put that in quotations, can can do and make the lion do what it wants. If it wants it to sit in one place, it'll confuse it. So it doesn't think in many different, it, it makes itself think in, sorry, many different directions versus in one. Mm-hmm. If there was only one point on that chair, the lion would know what to attack. It would attack that one point because there's four of them. It doesn't really know where to go. And then you start seeing things like, uh, and I still don't get how they do this. Uh, maybe somebody can tell me, but you'll, you know, you'll see the trainer walk up to lion, put his head in the lion's mouth and, and uh, take it out and people clap. And, and to me, that's crazy, but it's a way, the only way I can think of it does, it confuses the lion. Obviously there's a trust built with it as well yeah. but it's confusing the lion to think in so many different directions because there's so many different things going on it really doesn't know how to react and i think if we use that analogy and what we do on our daily life we can really see how we're we're putting too much energy sometimes into the wrong places and uh, maybe needing to think about the better places we can put that energy to get the results we're looking for we pay a lot of attention to the gold rush and I think we're told to pay attention to it as well. You know, I remember like 20 years ago, I had friends in like uh, IT. So, you know, IT was was this huge money mine at the time. And in, in some ways it still is. I think as long as the technology continues to increase in complexity and there is human involvement required, then the price for IT will still be high and, and those experts will still be paid a lot of money to do what they what they do. But what about social media? Well, social media, anybody can do it. I think there was a pretty significant price on social media too. And, and maybe there still is in a lot of industries, but that's one of those areas where it could, you know, devalue over time. Uh, you know, when you really think about it, because just about anybody can post, anybody can schedule a post, anybody can post an image or a video that they're told to do. So if you're, you know, it's one thing if your job is to create all the content, I see tremendous value in that. But it's an entirely different thing if your responsibility is just to post the things that the company creates. So, you know, some things over time can can be reduced to minimum wage activities as well. 
Right. And, you know, more and more, I think the way technology goes, it allows us to do more things for ourselves. I know one of the things you were just talking about is having a website and posting stuff. And, you know, with the advances in in WordPress, I mean, WordPress, I think it's been around now almost, what, 10, maybe 15 years, something like that. Something like that. Right. And and more as they keep getting better and better is giving people the more flexibility to do things themselves. And, uh, you know, sometimes... It's a great place to start, for example, you know, if you're just starting off with not a lot of money and you're start brand new entrepreneur and wanting to start your own website. I know these are things I've learned from you, right? And you've kind of taught me a little bit on how to use WordPress and why I'd want to do certain things. And these are things I'm wanting to learn. But again, we've also talked big picture and said, you know, I don't necessarily want to learn how to post everything. I don't want to necessarily post all my own stuff in the short term. Absolutely. Right. If I'm going to control my brand and understand my brand, of course, I wanted to. And I need mm-hmm. to learn how to do that because in order for me to uh, be able to pay somebody else down the road to do it, I first have to know and understand what my own vision is and what my vision for my website will be. So exactly how I want things posted, exactly what I want things to look like once they're posted as well. It's very helpful. Right. And so you do kind of need to know. So you do have to sometimes learn the the things that are the, the basics and the standards. But as soon as you get really good at it and you're starting to make money, you know, if you continue to do the things that you were doing, you don't give yourself the time to go and pursue bigger and better things. Right. And so that can also sometimes, you know, I, I understand a lot of people want to save money and they want to do stuff and so do I right but sometimes you do have to pay professionals who can do things for you uh, maybe better than you even uh, and and take advantage of what's available so you can then go focus your attention on maybe developing better content so you know maybe developing courses maybe developing classes or putting on seminars and and having speakers come in or, or going to places where other people are putting on seminars and maybe having the time to go on different podcasts and do some talking and really get your own name and build your brand and have people come, right? So you do need a team of people, I think, to help develop where you want to be. Yeah, and and sometimes there is also value in not getting too good at the at the little things. So there there it kind of goes both ways. I agree. Like if you wanna you a lot of the times it's good to know exactly what goes into doing something. I know that James Franco even talks about that. You know, he, he does the whole on the race course thing. Well, it's a huge amount of human effort and he did it himself at one point and then he, he was able to delegate it. But, and, but that is like a pretty important piece of his business is the whole, the content thing that he has going on. But yeah, I think it, the, the opposite lesson can also be true in the sense of not becoming too good at the little things because you could end up doing those little things the rest of your life. Right. And I think that's where people get stuck sometimes, right? They they figure they got really good at it. They, you know, they can also get comfortable in doing the little things really well, right? Because sometimes we build our identity on those little things that we get really, really good at doing. And we think that no one else can do it better than us. And we, we kind of stop ourselves from growing and uh, achieving the levels that we've really gone out to achieve, right? And, and I think that really has to do with our mindset, our thought process and understanding and where we're going as well. Yeah, exactly. What else? Is there anything else? No, you know what? I'm good. I got all my points across. Have you gotten uh, your points across? Absolutely, I have. Awesome, man. So I guess we could do a a summary and uh, on kind of what we thought about uh, maybe some of the most important points, maybe some of the things we should uh, have our uh, listeners um, take away. Well, I think, you know, we assume that a lot of you want to take things to the next level. So being, first of all, just aware of the various activities that 
would maybe require no more than minimum wage and at times maybe even less depending on the outsourcer or the freelancer that's that's handling the job because if you become aware of that you can begin to maybe delegate it maybe automate it and uh, if it's not necessary in your life and you're just kind of stubbornly assisting insisting on it then eliminate it completely and get rid of it so it's not on your to-do list you know you have a finite amount of time and energy and willpower every single day and we have to be you know on on guard for that and we have to look after ourselves and take care of our time and make sure that we're not spending it where it's not really going to bear fruit and you know I'm speaking to myself as much as anybody else when I say that but you know there's there's only so much you can do with one person you're going to want to build a team around you over time so you know, systematize, automate, eliminate, or just figure out an alternative. Uh, and maybe if it's essential, then keep it and keep doing it and make it a part of your habits and, and routine until you can delegate it. Right on. You know, not only were you speaking to yourself, you really do speak to me, right? Because I know mm. uh, every, a lot of things you say I listen to, I take to heart, and I really try to process those things. I don't necessarily agree with everything you say, and nor do not. you agree with everything I say. Uh, but, you know, a lot of what you just said right now, I totally agree with you. And we should look for ways, I, I believe, um, to get better at what we do and and, uh, you know, be the best at what we want to do, right? I know not everybody listening to this show thinks they should be better or, you know, thinks they want to be better. And that's fine as well, right? I right. mean, a lot of people are going to be happy where they are and they may only take a, a small parts of this show and say, you know what, that's the only thing that's applicable. You know, maybe, you know, I will start taking a, a lunch once a week instead of eating out every single day. And even something small like that, that I think if people take even a small point like that, they'll be able to see huge difference differences, you know, in a year, how much money could you save at 20 bucks a one day a week, you know, at the end of the year, you almost got a thousand dollars. So, I mean, that's huge. And what could you do with a thousand dollars? Maybe take a, a trip to Hawaii, right? So now mm -hmm. you can actually use cash versus taking points, right? Yeah. Uh, now it's just, again, it's just about talking about taking small changes and seeing big results, right? And I think that's what exactly what minimum wage activity does. It kind of boxes you in to only think a certain way. As soon as you start thinking outside of those boxes, and I know that's a, a, something that a lot of people throw out, oh, I think outside the box, <laughs> right? And and, 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 it, and it's got its place for that type of thinking. But I think as soon as you start thinking outside the box, and again, in quotations, because uh, I don't know how else to say it right now, um, you will start succeeding and finding ways to succeed past where you are. You know, just like you said, I think the people listening to this show are looking for ways to be better and, and maybe find different thought processes and mindsets that they can implement into their life. You know, if we have people who are just beginning their journey or people who are in the middle of their journey or people who are definitely way past and at levels that we want to get to, I'd love to hear from you guys and, and see what you know what you guys are being impacted by and how you guys are enjoying the show and mm -hmm. what really stands out for you right because i mean we can only make this happen as a reality based on what everybody is uh, taking away from it and in jim Rohn's famous words you got to be more valuable <laughs> <laughs> i love it <laughs> all right we look forward to interacting with you check us out at usingyourpower.com thanks so much for listening thank you <music> Thank you.